Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report wherever you get your podcast, and you know the drill. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. If you're not watching us on YouTube but you want to, go to Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. It would be much appreciated. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, former Washington Redskins tight end Niles Paul. He played for their organization from 2011 to 2017, and I wanted to get his thoughts to see where he was at in retirement, what he's doing now. I asked him about who some of his favorite teammates were, where he got that toughness, et cetera. But we also talked about something else he's had to deal with since retiring, and that's depression. It's no joke, folks. Um, I appreciate Niles opening up. I always like this guy, and I tell him I even share a memory from the start about a block he made, and a, it's what I use as an example for my son as how you need to block if you're playing. If someone says this is how you need to block, this is the example. But I really appreciate Niles opening up, and it's one reason why I wanted to talk to him, because I know he had gone through some things. I think it's important to hear, important to hear what people go through um, and all that. And, and also what he's doing now. And I think that I think it sounds like Niles in a good place. And so I hope you I hope you're able to listen. And if you want to follow him on Twitter, go to at Niles P underscore. And you can find him at, at on Instagram at the same address. You can read my work on ESPN.com. And as a reminder, another reminder, I am still on vacation. So if there is news and you want my reaction, you're going to have to wait. With that, let's get to my conversation with former Washington Redskins tight end, Niles Paul. Niles, it's really good to see you, and I'm happy you're doing this. But I also want to let you know that I remember one time, and I don't know if you remember this play, but I'm going to start with this because I love this play. You were a rookie receiver back when you were playing receiver. And there was one game where you blocked a guy and it was like 15 yards, and you drove him out of bounds. I remember watching the game again and again and again. I bring my son in. I'm like, because he was playing youth football at the time. I'm like, when people tell you to block somebody, this is what they're talking about. And I always like love that about you. I have no clue if you even remember the play or anything like that. But that was something that I was like, wow, this dude can, this dude really wants to be out there. Uh, you might be talking about against when we played the Carolina Panthers. And, uh, because I remember that play and, and Coach Shanahan came to me. And those are the kind of things that, he expected out of me and what, what, you know, my teammates expected out of me at that point. I was just trying to get on the field. Yeah, well, it was something. But like I said, I use it as an example for my son. I called him into the room to say that. You just show that. Um, and it was something I always appreciated about your game. And just to me, it always showed the hunger and the desire that you had to be out there. And is that like, you know, not every receiver wanted a block. Not every guy wants to block, but you know, is that an example of a guy who just got that desire? Yeah. 
I was I was kind of uh, just being at Nebraska and how we were we were trained at receivers. We were we was taught to block. Coach Gilmore, Ted Gilmore had us blocking every day. So you know that was nothing to me out there. That was easy blocking those guys. So what, let's start with what you're doing now. And you know you're you're coaching out in Omaha, but what what what's going on with you right now? Uh, right now um, I'm I'm working with a nonprofit organization that's out here in Omaha and uh. Uh, they're, they're building a facility that, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of. And right now, I uh, just started helping out and being an assistant, uh, one of the offensive assistant coaches at my old high school. And um, really, I'm putting my time into that and just kind of trying to figure out what kind of coach I want to be. And uh, that's what I, I, I've been doing in the last couple of months and then you kind of figure out my niche and all that. What kind of coach do you like? What are you coaching now? And do you do you want to go beyond this or? I know a lot of guys like sticking with high school. You you did your thing in the NFL, and they like just coaching there. But what's your goal with this? Do you have one in mind yet? Uh, not really. I, I, right right now, I'm, I'm keeping it real short term and just trying to figure out and get a feel as uh, for my passion for this side of the football of the game because I do have a passion for the game. But uh, coaching is a completely different aspect. So you know, I, I'm not limiting myself to you know the possibilities, but I just want to kind of. You know, that's why I could have became uh, a head coach or, or, or in a prominent position somewhere, but I just wanted to kind of work my way through the system and, and since I've never been a coach before and, and, you know, start where I, you know, where I originally started at. Do you, do you enjoy it? I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. It's, it's a breath of fresh air, uh, especially considering when you, you know, you know, being away from the game for so long and, re and retiring and, just kind of finding your way back on the field and getting those emotions again while you're out there. It's a great feeling. What 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 have you missed about football? What what did you miss that wanted you wanted to get back? Oh, uh, um, the camaraderie. It's just like within the team. It's this this it's the atmosphere you establish. It's the relationships you build throughout a season. It's that feeling you know that when you put in all the work and it's paying off. Like I miss all the little details, you know, when it comes to football, especially being in that locker room with the fellas. What, what do you remember how, when you look back on your career? What is it, what sticks out to you? Like, what do you think about when you look back on it? I think when I, you know, to me, what sticks out is, is, is I never expected myself to be so uh, versatile in the league. Um, uh, I never in a million years thought I would, you know, start fullback games, start at right. fullbacks in games and, that was that would that you would have told me that in high school, I'd have laughed at you because you know um, I thought I was the man and I was one of the best receivers and you know that's to me I thought I was one of the best receivers in the world. So you know it, being able to to kind of humble myself and, and make it make things like my career as far as it went from being about me to being about the team, I think that was the one thing that stuck out to me is that I was willing when I got to. Uh, Washington, I was willing to do whatever it takes for my team, and that was kind of different from you know high school me or college me. Was it hard to switch positions, not just physically but mentally? Was it hard? Um, I think mentally it was probably the hardest part because uh, you it's a different game, it's a different feel, it's a different you know, it's different ways to run routes, it's got to be. Uh, 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 it's different ways to get off releases now. You, you when you've been playing receiver all your life, and 
you're used to it a certain way and things get condensed a little bit more and now it's a little more physical game, uh, you, you have to be a different type of person or different type of football player to make that, you know, to kind of go through that transition. And it wasn't an easy process. It took me, I would say, uh, a year. Uh, my first year, I feel like I struggled uh, playing inside, uh, holding my blocks or, you know, just, just reading my blocks and understanding the assignments because that was just what, you know, you know I'm a wide receiver. So it was like, right. but uh, once I think Coach West, West Phillips and Sean McVay did a, a and having, you know, guys like Chris Poole, Vernon Davis, and um, uh, Chris and Fred Davis all in there yeah. in the room and stuff like that, that that really helped and benefited me. Uh, plus, I was already a physical guy anyway, so. Yeah. Do, but you also, like, when you make that switch, again, you talk about coming up being a receiver and all that. You're basically telling yourself, like, I don't know that, you know, they're, they're asking you, like, can you make it here? And you, maybe you won't make it at this position that you've always played. Now you got to play this. Was it hard to move past the wait a minute? I'm a receiver versus I want to last in this league. Um, like, like I said, it's a humbling experience because in my head, when Coach Shanahan asked me, uh, you know, it was the summer. I was training to be a receiver. I was training with receivers. I felt good. Thought I had a good rookie year, and then you know, Coach pulls me aside and he was very uh, there's nothing I always respected about Coach Shannon. He was very forefront and straight, you know, he was just straight about it. It was like, hey, we want you to move here. We got a lot going on, a lot of receivers coming in. We want you on the team, but we think you'd be a better receiver. I mean a better tight end than receiver. And part of me is like, what y'all want me to block? Y'all just want me to block. And you know, he kind of, you know, Coach Shannon had introduced me to Shannon Sharp. And we had, you know, we had all went out to eat and, you know, I got, I got to pick his brain a little bit because, you know, he, he you know, he's one of the greatest to do it, you know? And so just getting the understanding and being able to pick the brains, I think, I think it was, it was humbling, but I was in the moment I was able to uh, foresee my future in the NFL at this position. If I just, if I got the nuances of it down right. There was also, I remember at the time hearing, and I don't, this was a rumor, <clears throat> never reported, but did they also ask you if you wanted to be a safety or a tight end, or is it just always tight end? Yeah, no, he is the exact, he said, hey, we would, Coach Shannon asked me, would you want to play safety or would you want to move tight end? And I was like, Coach Shannon, I'm, I'm off as a guy. I don't think I can play safety in the league. Uh, my, obviously my dad wanted me to play safety, but I just was like, I think that's, these guys have been playing safety, you know, there's some safeties in the league that have been playing all their life. I don't want to transition that big to a defensive role. Right. That would have been a that would have been a tough one. So that wasn't a hard call for you then. No, it wasn't because I still wanted I wanted the opportunity to make plays and catch I had always been that type of guy. Like I wanted to catch the ball. I wanted to make plays. Like do you ever how much do you look back on your injury? Because you said I think it was 2015. You're going to be the starter, and that first game in the preseason, you you it was your fractured your ankle, and I remember one thing I remember about this now is just like I don't think I've ever talked to a teammate who was in tears until then talking about that when D Darrell Young talked about your injury and what it meant, how much it hurt them. But what, how much do you look back on that at all? It do you, and just like hey, that was you know that was going to be a really good opportunity for you. Oh man. <laughs> 
I, I hate to, you know, live in the past like that, but I really, you know, that year I felt it. I think everybody felt it in camp. Uh, everybody felt it throughout, you know, OTAs that I was, I was going to do something special. And, um, you know, how things played out, Coach, Coach McVay asked me, like, pretty much, I wasn't even going to play in the first, the first mm-hmm. preseason game, but, you know, I was hurting my shoulder. Uh, Coach McVay asked me, and he was like, please, we got to show him, you know, our offense. I'm, he's like, we're going to get you in there five, six snaps, get you out. I want to show them what you're capable of. I was like, okay, cool. That was, like, supposed to be my coming out year. And, you know, even though I was happy that Jay Reed came out that year, like, he, he really had had quite the year. I was like, dang, part of me was like, that could have been my year. It could have been my year, you know. So it, yeah. it, it was hard. It was another hard for to swallow. And then, you know, coming back, having, you know, Vernon Davis come to the team and then telling me that they were going to move me more to fullback, it was, you know, it was, it was humbling. It was hard. And I just felt like, damn, like, that was my opportunity. And I missed it because that, that's how the NFL worked, though, you know. Yeah. And that's why a lot of guys play through injuries or try to, you know, overcome certain things and not, you know, be too vocal about it. But that wasn't something I could play through, you know. And then you got the Ed Block Courage Award the next year. What did that mean to you? Um, I, I, At first, I didn't really understand it. Uh, I mean, throughout the years. But actually, once I realized that I was up for it uh, or that I had a chance to get it, it was kind of like my motivation. And drove me to like, you know, put in the extra time and rehab and show up and just do extra things and, and was really pushing myself to get, you know, to get through this injury and make it back on this team. How, when you retired, you talked about your body, you know, mentally you could still play, but your body was just starting to catch up to you a little bit. How are you physically now? Um, I mean, as good as a 32 year old you know, man who's played the positions I've played in the league. Uh, I wake up and, you know, it's different things. You know, you find out different things over the year as far as like my ankle. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, you know, really consider what I'm going to have to do about my ankle the older I get in the next few years and my shoulder and things like that and dealing with uh, issues from my concussion. So it's just, you know, it's a lot of wear and tear. And, you know, you, as, as uh, football players, you, 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 you're bred to be tough, and then when it's over, and it's important that you 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 not you try not to be so tough and try to really like you know do the things necessary to keep yourself on track because it's not easy and like it's it's it's, it's painful. I, I'm not like some days you know it, it becomes hard to walk for me or my ankle swells up or you know some days I just ha- I'm just having a bad day or I'm dealing with you know depression or something like that. Um, uh, or having like bad headaches or something, so it's 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 a day to day thing, and it's like you. The NFL does a great job in in, in having programs available to former players to help us through a lot of these times. And I was going to ask you about that too, because I've seen you talk about fighting demons and all that and depression. What's it been like for you? And what's that been like for you? And do you think that stems from some of these injuries or just? You know, or getting getting used to not playing. What where is that? What do you think? Uh, I, my 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 battle with depression actually started when I was in the league. Uh, okay, it, it, it was um I think after my after my ankle surgery um is when I really you know I started seeing a therapist and uh, I got they put me on antidepressants and stuff like that. So uh, it's been a journey and for somebody who you know you know clinically depressed and 
and, and doing things, taking the steps necessary um, and, and trying to stay above flow. You know, it's been a journey for me and it's been hard, but uh, I think I have a great support system behind me and, you know, they make sure uh, I'm, in, I'm always in a good headspace and uh, that's part of the reason why I kind of moved back to Nebraska. And so the, the support system, is that more family? Is that? Yeah, my family's here. I was born and raised here. This is where my support system is at. Uh, I have six brothers and six sisters that I have. So most of them are here. So I, I enjoy being home. And that that helps you a lot? Uh, yeah, yeah. It kind of, they, they keep me on my toes. And like, I was down in Jacksonville. I stayed there for uh, you know, even though I played it for a year, I ended up staying there three more years after that, down there four or five years. And I got, I got content with just being, you know, in this, you know, in this house by myself. And I didn't really have too much family around, uh, but my, maybe my brother. So, uh, it was, uh, it was like a transition coming back home just to be, you know, be around more. And like, uh, cause I, I, I'll, you know, I'll disappear and be content in my own ways and nobody will really know. Uh, how bad I'm struggling or if I'm struggling at all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, are you looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have fun? Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets help men combat all forms of ED. BlueChew is also an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's tablets, made in the United States, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code KIME at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code KIME, K-E-I-M, to receive your first month free. And that, that is, that's a hard thing because you're not the only one who deals with this, too. So do you talk to other former players or even just someone who didn't play do you talk to a lot of people about that uh i, I mean uh, I, don't, I talk to um there is like a little uh the nfl has a little program where you know guys from former players from from all ages and ranges and all places uh can like get on a group chat and that's like a group chat a group call almost like the zoom meeting that you know everybody's kind of talks Everybody has it's like a therapy, almost like a therapy session, like a group yeah. counseling session, like that. And I, I see a therapist weekly, so uh, I find those things really help me the most. Good. I mean, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, you know, when you have the, like when you have the concussion, and if you have that depression, it, I wonder does that make it does it exacerbate the issue a little bit? Does it make it worse? Uh, 
Um, I mean, if you ask me, I would say yes, because I, I, I dealt with it, uh, getting that, that nasty concussion in 2017. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 I was out for a little bit and I just, which was, uh, I'll just, which is honestly a part of the reason why I felt like it was time for me to retire. Uh, I, cause it wasn't that I physically couldn't do it. Cause I felt physically like I could still play football. Even now I feel like I can still go out there and play football. It was, I was having issues remembering my plays. I was having issues understanding my assignments. The game was almost going too fast for me oh. at this point and I couldn't like keep up. So I just, um, I just felt like, you know, for my health and my future that it was probably best that I shut it down. And um, even after, you know, I was out, I was out with the, uh, I was out with the 49ers and they had released me. I had an opportunity to go to Oakland. Um, and I just told them, I was like, yeah, they released me. I felt like the 49ers released me. They released me for a reason. Um, even though I, I did feel like I was still playing through a pro level. It's just like, I wasn't there. Uh, I right. wasn't the same. You know, Kyle Shanahan had seen the different versions of me and seen the type of player I am, and I just wasn't that same aggressive. You know, kind of like I was. I was kind of terrified because I was getting hit in my head, and my head was aching, and it was like I'm worried about getting another concussion, and I'm worried about picking up the playbook, and or if they're gonna notice that I'm having, I'm struggling picking up the playbook, or I'm struggling this. So it was just, I, I, it was time. It was just time for me to, to hang it up. Was it hard to accept that or easy to accept? It was hard. I'm not gonna lie, I cried like a baby for like a week. And I tried to like, you know, I tried to like party it up. I think I came to DC and we went out and partied and I went to Vegas. And it was just, you know, after all was said and done, it kind of, you're just in a space where it's like, you gotta accept the reality of retirement and like something that you, you grew up playing and that you love to play so much, you it's over now. It's like, right. there's, there's other ways you're gonna have to, if you wanna be a part of this game, there's other ways you have to contribute to it. Well, and that's what I was gonna ask you too, what the hardest part is, because like for most of us, it's like you get to high school and then you're done and you know that's where you're gonna go, right? <clears throat> so mm -hmm. what what is like, what's the hardest thing to deal with for that transition for you when you retire? Um. <laughs> As far as, as far as just, just like, like what's the hardest, part, the hardest part, the hardest part about it. Yeah. Hardest part about, uh, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's, it's kind of swallowing that ego and, and accepting the fact that it's done and it's over. Like, um, you, you really shouldn't be doing, I think that was a hard, that was a pill for me. That was a big pill for me to swallow because I, um, I didn't want to retire. And, um, and to me, I, I felt like I, I was like, I'm going to play 14 years and every, even though, you know, you feel like you're prepared to retire whenever. And they always, the NFL does a great job of preparing, like letting you know, because whenever, you know, whenever, you never, as an athlete, as a competitor, you're never in your head, like, this is the last year I'm going to play football. So the last time I took the field, it was hard for me to accept, like, that was the last time I had ever played. I think I was, we played Cal Dallas, we played the Cowboys. I was with the Jaguars and I had got hurt and I, that was the last time I ever really took the field and played an NFL game. And, you know, I kind of, you know, it's sad that it, it, the hardest part was accepting that I couldn't really go out on my terms. Do you, do you like ever have dreams about playing again? And 
or anything like that. And it might sound silly, but I think anybody who's played seems to have those recurring dreams for a while. Do you ever have anything absolutely. like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have dreams about playing again. I have, you know, little dreams about like, oh, you know, what if I, uh, what if I go join this league over here and just, you know, just get in the good, you know? And it's like, nah, I can't do that. It's not like, yeah. it's a, you gotta, when you wake up in the morning after, when you wake, when I wake up after the dreams like that, like, oh, I can still do this or feeling like, you know, having a dream, I, I play ball, I wake up and I realize, woo, yeah, I, I can't do that no more. Like you, the reality sets in and your body, you start to feel like everything, like, okay. Do you still follow? Do you still follow the NFL much? You follow what's going on in Washington at all? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love the Commanders, man. I still, I was actually supposed to be out there. I got sick for draft day. I was supposed to be out there for their draft day. Oh. And so, what do you, what do you think of the name? Um, I mean, I, I wasn't the biggest fan. I, was, I think <laughs> I was pretty vocal. I wasn't the biggest fan of the name, but at this point, you got to accept it. I feel like it'll grow on everybody eventually. It's just fresh, yeah. I think kind of yeah. cheesy, but yeah, yeah. I think they're going to have to win to make everybody kind of accept it a little yeah. bit more. So, but what, yeah, what, what, absolutely. So, do you do you follow them much? Do you what do you what do you think of like a guy like Carson Wentz? I'm sure you've seen him play a few times. Uh, yeah, I I thought I love Carson Wentz. I think that was a good addition. I think I think that for especially for a team like Washington, who is in need of a quarterback, a now quarterback, a quarterback that can get stuff done now. I think that would be a good addition uh, for uh, for Washington. So I saw a lot of fans kind of like, oh, not really happy about it. I'm like, this is a step in the right direction. I feel like yeah. I like Carson. I think he's a good he's a good culture guy to have around for for the program. Who who's like? Is there a teammate or two or three that you look back and say, "I love playing with this guy" because for whatever reason, like who who are some of the favorite guys you played with? Uh, okay, um, Santana Moss. Right. Just because Santana is a legend to me, yeah, I, I love playing. I love watching him play. I love learning from him and his attitude. Every time he's on the field, he would set the tone for our offense. He's he's great. He's he's great. Um, Darrell Young, that was my boy. Yeah. Um, we were like the Bash brothers, so I loved playing. I loved playing with him and like playing alongside him and like taking the field. We just like just being out there with him. And then, uh, who is it? Lorenzo Alexander. Oh yeah, yeah. Even he wasn't like my a good friend of mine, but you know I was a rookie. I had a, I had a loud mouth. I talked a lot, so he used to put me in my place a lot. So, uh, but I love playing, I love taking the field with him and, and like the way he just, his ferociousness and like he really set a tone for me and like what it meant to be a special teams player and that kind of like shifted my career in the right direction, I feel like. How would he put you in your place? I mean, he, he would just say little slick stuff that you talk to a rookie like and it's like, you got to kind of take it. You, you know, you want to say something bad but this is like, all right. All right, all right, so because he is the OG, he's a big dog, you know, and you gotta let him have it. Yeah, Lorette, I mean, you guys have some, you know, they're similar, like where you're able to just carve out a career, and, and he did the same thing. It's remarkable where he came from, too. What about like the other thing is it's been 10 years since Robert Griffin III played there, 
What do you remember about that season with him and just the energy around the team and everything like that? That that's probably it was probably one of my favorite years of football ever. Really? When that year Grill came, I mean the atmosphere at I mean in the in the in the stadium was electric at Red at a Redskins Park it was electric. It was just like we had something. Like we had something. It's like the football guys was blessing us every time we took the field because things was just ball fumbles was bouncing right into our yeah. hands. We was making we we it was plays happening where we would run something and like me and DY would cross block and we would both miss our block. We didn't block a soul, but it's a 40 yard game because they didn't know <laughs> they didn't know where it was coming. We was like, okay, it worked, it worked. So it was just like everything was was like perfectly aligned that year. And it just when he got hurt, it kind of put a damper on the end of the season. But I just that was one of them years where that was one of my favorite years of playing football. It's like around the facility, everybody was just just like, all right, we can, we can, we got something. We can we can do something here. Well, especially because like in that playoff game, like how much do you look back and say, if he doesn't get hurt, you know, like it's 14 nothing. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that was, and he was. I mean, he he was obviously still playing a little hurt through that playoff game. He yeah, came into the playoff game a little hurt, but he was trying to play through it for us. But it, it, I mean, that's crazy to think about because we was on fire. We yeah. was on fire that year. It, and that you, yeah, and it's and it's funny because that was the whole year. Was the first year where I know the zone read had been in there a little bit with Cam, but that year with with he and Russell, but all Robert especially. That yeah. did you enjoy the zone read? Uh, I, that's I just I that's what we were running when I said me and DY didn't block a soul. Oh, yeah. and it was a forty yard game. You could miss blocks on zone read and still get make the right block. It was it was when it first dropped. I, I feel like defenses are pretty much kind of figured it out for the most part now. But the way Rob ran it, the way we ran it, we didn't have any like there wasn't any structure to like who we blocked. We were just kind of doing it. And it was it was a new offense for all of us. I feel like, and like especially on that scale, and it, it, it worked out. And we were making big plays off the zone play action. What was what do you like? You talked about earlier the electricity in the stands. What was that like for you guys that year? Because it's been a while since it's been like that. It was. I mean, you actually look forward to playing the home games, man. But you look forward to seeing the fans because you knew they were, everybody, everybody was in there having a root for you. You knew you was gonna have a true home game. You knew like the city, like after I'm a, you know, after you um, you go out there and play, the city was gonna be on fire for for your team, for the Commanders. I mean, the Washington at the time, right? And, you know, is it hard for you to see where it's gone now? Because they're having a hard time getting people to go to games. And a lot of times, like, half the stadium is for the opposing team or close to half. Does that – how much does that surprise you? And what do you think of that? I mean, is it hard to watch that as a former player from here? I mean, I got to experience it a little bit while, like, while I was there. Because, you know, minus that season, we – we had some pretty bad years up there too. So it was yeah. some times where you, you could see, you know, the fans were displeased with us. And they, I don't, I mean, I remember games being packed out with other fans, but, you know, never being like, it never not, not being packed out. It was always going to be packed out, I feel like. So um, I don't know what kind of climate that is, it is now, but I just think that it was an easy fix to that is winning. And once they start winning again, and 
that shouldn't be an issue. So last thing, embrace the name and run with the playoffs. Right, right, right. But so last thing here. So when you were first came here on those coaching staffs, it's Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel. I mean, are you like, did you know what you what you guys had with that group? And are you you know, what do you think about where all those guys are at now? I tell people all the time, I'm like, yeah, we had nobody mentions like uh, did you say Coach Callahan? Sean Callahan? Not Sean Callahan, oh. uh, Bill Callahan. Well, he came after that. He came coach. after, yeah, yeah. Yes. But I, I was just more so speaking about like, yeah, my time. There. Yeah, absolutely. How many head coaches were were like did we have? And, yes. You know, Mike McDaniel or Sean McVay. I saw we we knew Sean was going to be the head coach right from day one. Like when he was a tight ends coach, I was like, Sean should be the head coach. Uh, to see Matt and, and, and Mike, and you know, Mike was kind of like a, like a goofball when we like he was a clown. Like he wasn't like like go, like a goofball, but he was like a clown. Like he joked around a lot. He played, and I didn't really, it didn't really seem like he wanted to even be a head coach, you know. So to see his progress and his transition, especially when I got to uh, the 49ers and where he had far here come, I'm like, oh, you, y'all had like a little, y'all had the heat stored in there. Like y'all had the all star team and coaches. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was something, um, you know, because you said that with Sean, you know, Jay was there. Was it you went from Shanahan to Jay and all that? Was that hard or what did you think? Going from uh, Shanahan to Jay Gruden? Yeah. Uh, no, because Coach Shanahan was so Coach, Coach Shanahan was strict. He was a strict coach. He, uh, I want to say old school coach, but he still was a player's coach. Coach Gruden was a player's coach all the way. And, you know, I think he was still trying to figure out his niche as a quarterback. I mean, as a as a head coach uh, and figure out, you know, the relationships you have with the players or to have with uh, the players in itself and how to run a team full of grown men. And, I, you know, I, I think I got to experience that with him. And we all – I enjoyed him as a head coach. I know I did. He, he was a real player's coach. Like, the players loved him from Jake Gruden. But, you know – he had his issues too, but everything. Yeah, everybody does. And I was, but I came from Nebraska, so we we had we went from Bill Callahan to uh, oh, Coach Bellini. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. So, well, Niles, man, it's been great catching up with you. I always, like I told you, I always enjoyed you as a player because I liked your story and I know what it meant to you to be out there. And every and the other thing is, like, we would do these little surveys, like, who's the, who's the toughest guy in the team. <laughs> And it was always you, Pierre, and Trent. Yeah. The three of you guys. And and most people would say, you're not, you're you don't mess with Niles. So I think, <laughs> I think even those guys would say that because you know, just there's there was always a toughness. I mean, shoot, it was the you guys got in the fight with the Texans and you're not on the field without your helmet in training camp. Yeah. And Sean come bring his helmet, your helmet to you. Yeah, it pushed me back in the fight. I'll never forget that. So, I mean, that was just the mentality I had. That was, I had, like, and how I played the game. So, it was always I wanted to bring that type of toughness to the field, and I wanted to carry it. I was proud to be, you know, that was kind of like my thing. That was me. I wanted to be tough. I wanted people, every time I took that field, to respect me or to remember, like, oh, A4, he, he, he's something. Like, he, he a handful. Well, there you go. I think you accomplished that. Definitely, because when guys, I'm telling you, guys still talk about that. And and I, I told you, I brought up that block. That was from your rookie year. 
And like, so I always, I always appreciated your game. So I really enjoyed catching up with you and thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Man. Thank you. Nice catching up with you too. Man. Cool. And good luck right. with everything. Thank you. That's it for this episode. I really appreciate Niles joining me and I appreciate you tuning in to listen. I'll be back with another episode on Monday. I'll talk to you next time.